I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 202nd episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We'll talk about the markets, we'll talk to you about what we're investing in, and of course, we'll talk to you about all the crazy stuff that's going on around us. As always, a lot to get to this week. We're going to talk copper. We're going to talk crypto. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk about how do you know when it's too tight? We'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk Greta. We'll talk the Trumpster. We'll, of course, talk Patriot battery metals. But before we get into all of that, Mr. Hodge, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Gerardo. I got some sick kids. I think the entire country is sick, as <clears> we were talking about off air. Um but other than that, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I, I I happen to avoid the the sickness somehow. I guess a uh, strong like bull uh, immune system. So uh, <laughs> thankful for that. And uh, I've got a little girl who's going to cheerleading tryouts tonight. So excited to bring her there. She said she wanted her daddy to watch. So we're going to oh, say, oh, good luck with that <laughs> proud daddy moment. Enjoy those. Enjoy them all, man. Um, they 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 go quick. As you know, mine are a little bit older, right? They're 24, 19, and 14, but. Um, man, it, it flies by. So congrats on that front. Yeah, go enjoy the heck out of that. How are you, Gerardo? I, I am well. You know, I think <laughs> I am as well as I've been in about a month or so. You know, it was a combination of, you know, the, the thing. And then I was also sick during that. You know, I think I either had COVID or I had a respiratory infection like the rest of the world as we were talking about. So the timing on that probably could have been a little bit better, but Things are going in the right direction. I'm thankful for 2023. I'm glad to get 2022 behind us. Um, there was a lot of good in that year, but there was also, you know, some challenges there that were that were that were tough to to, to kind of push through. But really excited about 2023. And let's get into some of why I'm excited. Um, copper touched 432. Crypto. We'll talk in about whether it's a dead cat bounce or not. Um, Gold, 1933. Silver keeps kissing 24. Um, a lot to like. Lithium's only in there really well. When we look at the broader indices, and we've talked about this for the past year, you've done a brilliant job of kind of setting the table for what the blueprint was going to look like. You actually had a promotion called <laughs> the the blueprint, right? The, 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 the recession blueprint so that you could get prepared ahead of time for the broader indices to sell off. They're down what 25, 30% since you since you made that call? Yeah, I mean the, the S&P was down 20% uh in 2022 and but the Nasdaq is down more than, you know, 30% right. since it made its highs in in the fall of 2021. So it's been a tough go out there for sure. And then look, we've been preaching and and, and hopefully it reached some of y'all and hopefully some of you were able to take action on it. But we've been telling you there's things that you need and things that you want. We were talking a bit off air about it's great to want a blue chip dividend paying stock. You need copper. You need uranium. We need lithium. And so to me, it seemed like the easiest pivot in the world to make. I also happen, resources are, are, are my niche, right? That's what my go-to. But it just seemed like it was a clear path to profits. 2022 was a very, very, very profitable one, um, thankfully. And look, if 2023 is any indication, we're going to have an absolute blast. Let's get into the broader indices and... The economy and the recent jobs report and how that relates to gold because i know you keep your eye on all that stuff what's your take there yeah actually um not uh, too up to speed on, on the jobs report i think that um you know these layoffs are mounting but hasn't really culminated in, in any sort of spillover or blow up moment yet i think that comes later this year 
Um, you know, the indices did what um, this week, what I was saying they were going to do last week, right? We were in the middle of a bear market bounce. The VIX had gone down below 20. And I put out a letter last week saying, you know, buy volatility. This uh, VIX has got an 18 handle on it. We're, we're not even uh, part of the way through earnings season, which is yeah. not going to be good. Um, and, you know, these economic numbers that are coming out, whether it's uh, jobs like you mentioned or industrial factory output, they're going to continue not to be great. And uh, that's exactly what we saw this week. You had a 600 uh, point down day on the Dow. Um, you had the S&P sort of get right up to its trend line and then and then turn back around. And then you got these uh, companies out there reporting earnings that are absolutely uh, abysmal. I mean, uh, Goldman Sachs uh, had their worst miss in, a, in, in like a decade uh, this week. Uh, earnings per share with a, a three handle, three dollars and change versus analyst estimates over five dollars per share. Um, There's less to... analysts there now too. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> layoffs abound, right? That's what I mean. Like these layoffs are going to culminate later. Microsoft said that they're laying off another ten thousand people. So um, it's going to be a tough go uh, for the for the for the broader indices. Um, you know, firmly in a, in a bear market, despite the hopes, dreams, and, and wishes of the the perma bulls out there. You know, markets go both ways, and um, it's up and it's down, and and we're still in that down cycle for uh, the time being. And again, a broken record likely for the next couple of quarters. And again, like a broken record, I'm going to continue to preach uh, the, the the commodity super cycle. Look, there's ways to make money in the space, right? There's uh, let, let's get right into Patriot battery battery metals, which you know just put out one of the best, if not the single best, um, lithium intercepts that I've ever seen. It was absolutely bonkers. It was 156.9 meters of 2.12 percent lithium. That included it 25 meters of 5.04 lithium and oh by the way they're drilling out towards the east they're extending the strike it's over 2.2 kilometers now and just for kicks it seems like the grade is actually getting better over towards the east it's the perfect setup no coincidence that the stock is once again on its way to new all-time highs like i said it would be when it was six and seven dollars and then touched five dollars briefly and everybody was writing in and everybody was you know on ceo.ca wondering what i was doing I was doing absolutely nothing. I was just waiting for results to come back out to validate the model and to validate the investment thesis, which is still that this is going to end up being one of the biggest hard rock lithium deposits in the world. It has access to cheap, cheap hydropower. It has excellent management. It's got a uh, non-executive chairman um, that knows how to build, you know, $10 billion companies from a small company. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. And by the way, they have some projects that I absolutely love in their portfolio that they're likely to spin out over the next couple of months. So, I mean, look, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, if if you took advantage, and I know you did, Dick, you traded that beautifully. I know you got in there and bought. Um, I forget the levels you bought at, but I... You, More than doubled since I since I purchased in the open market. Right. And, and, and that's really the point that I'm trying to hammer home. I know, you know several of you have written in saying that you, you, you listen for... Uh, the Patriot update. The Patriot update is going to make is that it's going to continue to make new all time highs every month. I think the drilling to the east, the, they're they're hitting the sweet spot of that high grade zone. And these aren't small intercepts that they're finding. Twenty five meters of five percent is absolutely ridiculous. And look, I'll say this: I think when it's all said and done, and I've said this to you privately, Nick, I think the CV thirteens and the fives and the eights and you know all the numbers, all the CVs. 
I think it's one giant big lump of rock under glacial till and late cover. And if that's the case, um, it, it'll end up being the biggest hard rock lithium deposit in the entire planet. Oh, and by the way, it's happening in a lithium bull market where lithium majors and mining majors are fully cashed up from record profits over the past several years. So what I'm trying to tell everyone out there is invest like these companies are investing. They There is a reason why they're going after assets that can yield tremendous cash flow in the super cycle. It's because they know that the trend is not a one or two year trend. This is going to be a decade long trend at the very least of maybe not continue continuously rising prices, but very profitable margins for a very, very long time. And again, when you get something like a Patriot and 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 look, I just recommended another company to the paid service um, this past month. I think that one's going to have on a lesser scale, a similar run if they have some luck with the drill bit. And look, they have samples. Um, they have lithium spodumene bearing pegmatites. Um, there's a lot to like there. I won't give I won't give it all away. Some of the behind the, the, the scenes things because that's for paying subscribers. But a lot of ways to make money in this space. You don't have to be trapped by the major indices, y'all. Get in there and uh, do your due diligence and reach out if we can help. Yeah, that was a world-class um, intercept there of 5% uh, lithium oh. is incredible. And, you know, it's drawing comparisons now to, to green bushes and some oh. of these other, you know, major um, lithium miners. Of course, you know, Pilbara, which uh, you mentioned the non-executive chairman, that's yep. uh, where he came from. Uh, but even bigger than that, uh, we have to start thinking about like not lithium miners, like the the major international miners of the world, right? The yep. Rio Tintos, the BHPs, because they're yep. cashed up and not making a secret of the fact that uh, they're out looking for lithium projects because of what you just said about the lithium price. That's um, going to be long term, sustained, higher, um, and that provides for for good margins for the the right projects. And um, if you can get a tier one project like uh, Corvette is shaping up to be, um, then it's going to be really good as this um, industrial base battery metal bull market <clears throat> continues to play out. Um, I guess that's it on, on Patriot for yeah. me. You mentioned commodity super cycle. It's interesting. We talked a little bit about it last week. There's a, a, a sharp divergence, right? Um, within the CRB itself, within the components of the CRB where uh, the things you need, which which you mentioned, the the coppers, the the lithiums, for example, uranium, um, yeah, exactly, are you know holding up and going higher, while uh, some of the other uh, commodities uh, aren't doing as well. Specifically, the energy complex. I mean, I was looking at a chart of natural gas. It was ten dollars last fall. Uh, the Henry Hub spot price. It's uh -huh. down below four. Yeah, um, and it's been just what four months or so. Yeah, so. Um, You've really got to, to 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 do your diligence and 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 know these commodity prices. And um, I feel like a broken record sometimes. But you were Same. reminding me earlier that you know people don't look at this uh, all the time, or there's there's people that are just coming into the story. You know, uh, this gold bull market, uh, and we mentioned this recently as well. Is you know the stocks are only now starting to to catch up. I mean, it's really gone under the radar. The move from yeah. sixteen seventeen hundred dollar gold to to nineteen hundred in a hurry and um, you know, gold needs to, to push through 1920 to go higher, and it's banged on that door a couple of times. Yeah. I didn't see where it closed today, but it, it's right there. It, it wants to go through that level, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think things are going to get get fun here, and they are getting fun. You know, it's 
it's nice to look at your account and and see it leap up by tens of thousands of dollars a day when the when the junior equities are going up, right? And that hasn't happened in a bit, especially because uh, gold was soft last year. Uranium sort of peaked out early in the year and then sold off for the for the balance of 2022. But uh, getting very exciting here again, and 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 lots to talk about on the uranium front. So maybe we'll just have a whole section on that here in a section in a second. No, listen, let's get right into it. I think you're spot on on gold. I think gold breaking through 1920 convincingly and closing there, by the way, it's Thursday, January the 19th. I'm closing above that 1920 level at 1933 after that jobs report. Um, I, 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 I think that looks healthy and ready to maybe make a run towards that 1984 level. If it breaks through that, we're off to the races and I think we're off to new all-time highs in 2023. Certain things have to happen. Things don't go straight up. Patriot's a great example of that. You can pick any stock. Nothing goes straight up, right? We're going to have blips and we're going to have pullbacks, but the gold market looks as healthy as it's looked in quite some time. Same can be said for copper. We talked about it last week. Again, I, I sound like a broken record as well, but some of the copper names are starting to recover. The Cucho coppers have gone from 16, 17 cents to kissing the 30 cent level. Um, a couple of other names I've seen, you know, start to recover, but it's still not happening across the board. Yes, I have a ton of green in my account. But it's still not every company, and it's still not a lot of the companies that already have established resources, but aren't actually providing shareholders or speculators any significant catalyst to get into the stock. It's great to have a deposit that's got tonnage and scale and grade, and but if you're not doing anything with it, um, people forget. People get bored. They have the attention span of of of, of you know <laughs> what most of us have. There's three, four thousand companies vying for our attention. People need to get out there and tell their story. Companies need to get out there and provide catalysts for their shareholders. It's not a coincidence to me that the companies that are starting to tick up in the uranium space, in the copper space, in the gold space are the ones that are front and center getting their story out there and really letting people know what the value proposition is when there is a value proposition. And that's a whole other conversation. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of companies. Look, I printed out the sheets of the exhibitors <laughs> for the VRIC. For, um, that that starts uh, next weekend, then, you know, I mean, that's just at a, a one conference, right? So uh, how do you separate the wheat from the chaff? I went through and, you know, put some red check marks next to the companies that I wanted to go visit, companies either that I own and want an update on or companies that I've looked at the slide deck a couple of times and, and want to know more, right? I've seen some news releases that pique my interest and um, I want to go actually, you know, meet the people that are behind it. So uh, there's a lot of diligence to be done. It's still, you know, very early in the cycle, and uh, there's a, there's a there's a, a lot to like in in some of these companies. But like you said, they've got to be doing the work, and they've got to be uh, telling people uh, about it. You know, me over here, not kicking rocks, but kicking tabs in my browser, basically. <laughs> you know, watching all these interviews. You know, looking at the the tweets from the space from people who do due diligence. I mean, not everybody has the time to do that. That's obviously what you and I do is is sift through all the stuff to try to find the, the good picks. And there's a lot of work to do. So I'm excited to, to head up to this conference in a, in a couple of weeks and um, meet some new companies <laughs> because uh, I think it's time to start, you know, building out the, the portfolio a little bit. Agreed. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Nick will be there for sure. Stop and say hi. I am making every effort to attend at least for a day and hope to be there. Also, if I am able to make it and you see me up there, drop a line, send me an email or just say hello. Um, if you catch me in person, love ch chatting with people at the conferences and, and getting out there. But yeah, a lot of work to do for 2023. I'm excited for it. Um, how tight is too tight, Nick? 
It uh, depends what she's talking about. The Fed seems hell bent on continuing to tighten. And um, at some point, somebody got to ask the question, so I figured let it be me. How tight is too tight, right? I mean, they're going to continue to hike. It's not even a, a question. Uh, um, I've said this a million times as well. You know, they're going to hike uh, by smaller amounts, you know, <clears> from 75 basis points to, to, to the most recent 50 basis points to... I think there's over a 95% probability the market is pricing in about a 25 basis point um, or quarter point hike at the next meeting, which concludes on February 1st. Um, you know, that's not a pivot. Uh, hiking is still <laughs> hiking. It's just hiking by less. And they're going to do it uh, until something breaks, probably until several things break. What they want to break is obviously this inflation, right? The rise in prices, the um, liquidity in the in the economy that allowed dollars to chase assets and 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 inflate those prices higher. Um, that's happening, but it's nowhere near to a level that they want. I mean, it, you've come down on the CPI from just over nine percent to to six and a half percent. But there's lots of things out there that are still super expensive. I mean, there's been a million tweets and memes in the past week <laughs> about egg prices, right? Um, um, the aristocrat guy who has his own chickens. There's a meme going around <laughs> where like you're super rich if you have your chickens. My wife found 14 out in the coop the other day. So if you need some eggs, um, I'll sell them to the highest bidder. Ballin'. That's a flex, y'all. <laughs> no but, flex when I hear one. A little subtle woman. That was a flex. <laughs> but lots of things are still are still very expensive, and um, we've talked about this too. It hasn't uh, cascaded to the. Um, employment uh, yet, which is uh, the other thing that's the Fed's dual mandate, right? Inflation and employment. And uh, they still got strong employment, so they think they still have room to hike, and they are going to continue to hike. How tight is too tight? I don't know. I'll let you know when something breaks. Something is going to break. Something always breaks. Um, I was watching, and I know you were watching as well because I heard you say it somewhere, the the Bernie Madoff um, documentary <laughs> on Netflix, which is excellent. Um, and it was just a reminder that something always breaks and it's always for a different reason. I mean, the U.S. just hit its debt ceiling uh, limit and it's not even really news. Like nobody right. freaks out about this stuff anymore. It's just like, nope. all right, they'll right. figure they'll, it they'll out. Raise no, it. They'll right. run the printer. It's a bizarre world out there, folks. Um, you know, I, I made a note and it was it was fascinating to me because I know everyone tends to live in the immediate moment, right? Especially with social media. And so I, I looked at used car prices, which everybody, you know, says are collapsing. And yeah, if you look at a one-year chart, sure, they're coming down. But Month over month, they're coming down. Yeah, absolutely. But they're still 43% higher than they were in December of 2019. Think about that. Think about that. And again, be absolutely clear, everyone. It's Jerome and his buddies that caused this inflation. Don't, don't, you know, we're not going to change the narrative and say they're fighting inflation because it just got out of control and nobody could see it coming. All you have to do is go back three or four years where they were begging for inflation, begging for it. The mandate they said was 2%, but if it overshot to three or four, they said, not a problem. We know we can rein that in. Of course, they can't rein it in. They, 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 it's not the way things work. And, you know, I think you're right. I think something's going to break and I think the market's going to remind them who's in charge here in a little bit. It tends to come from the bond market often. It tends to come from you know, credit default swaps on, on on corporate junk bonds. And so that's the most vulnerable space. We'll see. Whatever it is, it's not going to be a, a, a crack. It's going to be a break. Yeah, well, <laughs> things are cracking. I mean, look at the, the consumer is cracking. Look at, uh, you know, uh, 
mortgage payments. I was reading something the other day that says, you know, the average household now with the mortgage rates the way they are, a, a mortgage payment on an average house is taking up over 40% of their their monthly income, right? Just to go to, to, to a mortgage payment. And so um, the consumer is definitely strapped. The other thing that um, you're starting to hear murmurs of is like commercial real estate, right? Yeah. You've seen some of these large funds, Blackstone and others <clears throat> start limiting um, withdrawals, just like the the crypto funds were were limiting withdrawals. When, um, in speaking of uh, Madoff, right? Not that these commercial real estate funds are Ponzi <laughs> schemes, but they certainly don't like when people are ringing them up yeah. asking for redemptions, and you've seen their willingness to to turn those off. So uh, between the consumer and and some companies not being able to afford rent and 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 mortgage payments, coupled with the you know the higher interest higher interest rates that these um, companies have to borrow and 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 purchase properties at. You can sort of see the writing on the wall there. Uh, property prices are 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 still soft, and yeah, that's that's the whatever the underlying one of the underlying things that's going to continue to cause things to break. And meanwhile, every day Joe and Mary can't find eggs. Um, you know, can't afford a nice, proper, protein-rich meal from meat. Um, can't keep up with the car payments, can't keep up with the mortgage payments, um, can't find medicine if you get sick, right? I'm, I'm still at the tail end of, and I don't take medicine anyhow, but if I wanted some, it was going to be really tough to find, you know, whatever it was I had, whether it was COVID or a respir respiratory infection and still kind of lingering there. Um, I mean, the shelves are bare, so <clears throat> over the counter and uh, from behind the counter, my my um, one of my kids was prescribed some antibiotics. We might have talked about this yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and the first ones that they got prescribed, the pharmacy simply didn't have. So the the doctor had to write a script for a, a different type of antibiotic. And the pharmacist told me that we got like the last one in the store and they were expecting more for uh, a couple of weeks. And so uh, definitely a shortage of the antibiotics. Um, and then over the counter, uh, good luck trying to find like children's Motrin or, or Tylenol or, you know, children's cold medicine. When we had to buy some in Maryland, when we were there for the holiday, and I, I walked into Walgreens, and there was—I mean, the shelves were—I mean, they were bare, man. There was like one bread uh, available, and, and otherwise, just like holes in the shelf where the the cold medicine was supposed to be. And if you didn't want that one or two brands that they had left on the shelf, it was like fifteen dollars for a bottle of cold medicine. And so, um, yeah, symptoms all around for sure. Symptoms everywhere. Um, <laughs> the Trumpsters coming back to Twitter is the rumor. That's what Elon said. And, you know, I, I just think it's funny, right? No, no, no dog in the fight here. Um, those two need each other, right? I think <laughs> Elon goes, look at that. Look at all that advertising revenue that I can I can generate from just letting Trump come back on. And I think Trump's like, well, I tried all the B-level social media sites. I tried running my own. I tried A, I tried B, I tried C. Box turned on me. You know, all these groups are turning on me. I need to get back out there. And so... They've made peace, and apparently the Trumpsters coming back to Twitter. That ought to be interesting. Um, any thoughts on that, Nick? Um, <laughs> my thoughts would be that you know a lot. There's a lot of noise out there. Um, not that Trump coming back to Twitter is noise. The noise is this: Oh, uh, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, and I'm I'm gonna leave. Whether you're <laughs> a conservative or a, a liberal, right? The conservatives were all going to Truth Social. And the liberals were all going to some other one, who, which I've already forgotten the name of. And why have I already forgotten the name? One, because I probably didn't take the time to, to memorize it in the first place. we don't place. give a fuck. Right. <laughs> Two, because I knew that everybody was not leaving Twitter. They were going to be back there eventually. Like, Twitter is the, the, the platform, right? And so 
Um, but yeah, that would be my comment. It, it's sort of, um, what were we talking about last week? That was the noise. Oh, there was, um, you know, like the house was going to ban the income tax, right? Like, yeah, okay. I'm not reading that story. Like that's and not the gas stoves. Don't forget the gas stoves. They're coming right. for your gas stove, Nick. And, and, and we're not talking about that really <laughs> much anymore either. Right. So <clears throat> yeah, these sort of stories that it's like, you know, they're not banning gas stoves. Like how many people cook with <laughs> gas or, or propane or whatever? Like where the fuck are they going to go? What about, you know, rural homes that, you know, aren't electrified or whatever it is, man. It's just, you know, some of that nonsensical stuff you have to tune out. Um, it will be interesting. I did think he provided some levity on the on the platform with, with some of his tweets and the all caps and uh, just the way he communicates, I think, is entertaining. So plus we're gearing up here for uh, uh, a new election cycle, <clears throat> I would imagine. And, and, and I love the dog and pony show that comes along with that. Grab the popcorn, folks. Um, speaking of shows, Greta was arrested. Yeah, this is going to be a whole segment, and we could all do the nuclear thing in conjunction with it. That was so, me throwing it up to you, Nick. I appreciate that. So <laughs> Bring it home. <laughs> um, she was arrested in Germany. There was a group of people uh, protesting uh, a coal mine, which, <laughs> well, you should have turned on the nukes would be the first thing I said, right? And you wouldn't be relying on uh, this coal so much anyway. You he know, means it, reactors, everyone, not weapons. <laughs> right, yes, yes, the reactors. Yes. Yeah, you know, if you look at, like, the carbon <laughs> intensity of... Um, the uh, electricity producing assets in Germany, like they're they're not making progress. It's getting worse. The level of carbon per <clears throat> megawatt megawatt hour of electricity generated in Germany because they elected not to fire off the nukes. So anyway, big story. It was either earlier this week or, or late last week. Was that Greta was among those who were protesting this new, uh, not new coal mine. I think it was an expansion of a, of a coal mine. Uh, and she it, Greta gets arrested. Right? She's so passionate about her <laughs> cause that. You know, she's willing to lay lay herself down and, and be toted out by the police, right? And all the, the photos and videos were her being, you know, carried by the police. Arm, one police had one arm, other cop had the other arm, and she was being, you know, hauled off of the site. And then... Uh, she was struggling you know, and she was being roughed yeah. up. And she was like, oh, get off him, Greta. And this is this is more of the noise, right? Yep. This is, uh, and it happens for with Greta, it happens with politicians, yep. with the, you know, the income tax votes that I was just talking about, or the you know, the the Speaker of the House stuff, uh, even the debt ceiling posturing and, and stuff like that. But anyway, then videos start to come out of her, like, you know, being all chummy with the cops before this, what I'm viewing now as, <laughs> as a staged incident, right? Yeah. There's lots of photographers standing around. Uh, Greta is standing, not being, you know, towed out by the cops, is, has a smile on her face, and is seemingly cordial with these people. Um, and then after that, the photo opportunity ensues, right, where they're, they're carrying her out. So, a hundred percent staged it in my mind that and that speaks more broadly to the to the to the uh, to the whole climate argument yep. or um you know climate change fighting climate change reducing carbon uh not argument <clears throat> but just sort of sector or idea right uh, i'm all for cleaning up the environment like you know I'm an, I'm an outdoorsman i love I, fresh I like, air uh, exactly right you know there's one that's one <laughs> of the reasons that we that we moved out west um I'm also in favor of of truth and and not staging things and 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 not being disingenuous, um, and and calling a spade a spade. So there was another video that was circling uh, around this week of this uh, British guy giving a speech about climate change and how you know all these poor countries in in Asia and and Latin America they're not going to let you um, cap their way of life or cap their upward mobility just so. 
you know, you can feel good about uh, yep. reducing emissions, right? It was a, it was a very good speech. I'm in a four or five minutes long. I made some cogent points, and at the same time, uh, you know, you can't uh, in in the, in the case of Greta, you know, be anti nuclear, anti mining, and and meet your climate goals, right? So um, can't have the yin without the yang, my friend. As the great poet exactly, Pusha T says, that's exactly <laughs> right. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, and, and when you look at first some renewables, like, you know, all that stuff still takes mining, which we know, right? This has been one of our, you know, sticks, sticks or megatrains for the, for the past couple of years, right? You need the rare earths and the steel and the whatever, the copper to, to make all those things, polysilicon, silver. Um, and then for the batteries, we know all of that as well. And so you can't be anti-mining um, and pro-renewable energy and electric <laughs> vehicles, right? Because you can't have one with, without the other. And, and to me, it's really, it really spoke to nuclear, specifically in the case of Germany, because they literally opted not to turn all their nuclear reactors and to instead burn more coal, which is just completely nonsensical. And, 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 and the bright side of that is where I wanted to get to is people are, are finally saying, you know, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like you, you got to start doing stuff that makes sense. Right. So, uh, you know, Davos was was this week, and and all the rich people and the prostitutes flocked to to Switzerland. Uh, we have some heavy ass security. Yeah, did you? There was yeah. Anyway, there was actually articles about the number of prostitutes that go there while the all the Davos men men women are in. Um, they said the going rate was twenty five hundred. Oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> uh, that's expensive. Good Twitter. Lord. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, Oliver Stone had a film there, which I guess debuted last year. I don't know how I missed it at the at the Venice Film Festival or something. But I've had a packed house for this film in 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 Davos, so much so that people were like sitting on the floor. I read, and the film is about nuclear and why you need nuclear now and how it's the best fight to uh, decarbonize the the energy grid. And then then I saw an article in in Foreign Affairs magazine this week about. Exactly that as well. Like, why well, I mean, we need more nukes now? And so the the tide is 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 changing on nuclear, I guess, which is not something new. It's something that's been ongoing, but it really feels like it's reaching a, a crescendo now, where people are saying, like, nuclear is safe. We realize that it's safe, and and that's just one of the facets of the the nuclear sector that is going to keep it in a in a in a bull market going forward. So anyway, I'm I'm blowing a lot of hot out air out myself now, but. I just thought that whole, you know, a staged incident getting arrested outside a coal mine was a great microcosm or, or allegory of a lot of the uh, climate change and renewable energy activists that that you see out there. Um, and I, I think I'm going to get paid. That's a fact. That's a fact. This is, you know, I think. No, I, I have to say, in you know, the 14, 15 years that I've been speculating in the resource space, I've never seen so many bull markets simultaneously just holding hands next to each other and such value in the space that isn't yet being recognized. It's literally like shooting fish in a barrel. And again, folks, before someone writes in, that doesn't mean we're going to get them all right. Sure in the heck does not mean I'm going to get them all right. But it means if I get, you know, more right than wrong, the ones I'm going to get right, I'm going to get very, very right. And, uh, that makes all the difference when you're constructing a portfolio. Everybody's risk tolerance is different. Everybody's needs are different. Everybody's timeline um, is different. So I would ask all of you to take some responsibility 
for your own investing decisions and define those for yourself. But I can tell you this, there's a lot of phenomenal ideas that I know if I went to bed and woke up three years from now, I'd probably wake up with a smile on my face and a big one at that. Yeah, sure. I'll give you a free one because we've already taken profits <laughs> on it in the letter is Encore Energy. Hmm. Um, this is one that that, that that came into a long time ago. It, it bought a company that I had helped finance and that did really well and then wrote it even higher for another year after Encore Energy bought a, a, a Zarga and had readers take profits recently. Um, we helped finance a Zarga too. Hey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that stock is is looking good again. I mean, yeah. um, they got an NYSE listing approval the other the other week, and that's the reason I bring it up. Um, yeah. By the time this podcast is out, you know, Monday the twenty third, the uh, Encore Energy is going to be an NYSE listed company, and there's not a lot of pure plain lithium companies or excuse me, uranium companies, you know, listed on the big board in the United States. You've got UEC, which is obviously a uh, a, a great speculation, energy fuels, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. and Cameco, which um, isn't a pure play and uranium producer now because they've gotten into the reactor side of things. And so, in and fact, they Sprott, hedged their contracts as well. Uh, Sprout had a note out this week, or last week, about UEC and how it's becoming mm-hmm. more of a go-to name yep. just for that for that exact reason. Yep. Um, and so, and. Anyway, yeah, lots of things to like in the in the uranium space, and and lots of companies to to check out and and do due diligence on. Money to be made out there, folks. Um, Denison, I should add. Sorry, Denison as well. Too. Yeah. Absolutely, and I have a few. I still own Encore in the portfolio, so I, I won't say too much there. But um, there, there there just simply is a lot of money to be made, and, and you know it doesn't mean again that it's going to go straight up, but just position. And, you know, do your due diligence and, you know, bet on your commodity horse and bet on your, you know, however many companies it is. You know, I like to keep my personal investments to less than 10 companies, but, you know, writing a paid letter or writing a trading service or writing a private placement letter, subscribers want different ideas. So I do feel a responsibility to provide, you know, ideas that I think are good ideas and have the potential for, you know, even though they're all higher risk, um, a higher reward. And so, Long-winded way of saying there's a lot of resources out there. If you don't like myself, if you don't like Mr. Nick Hodge's work or thoughts or opinions, you know, the Brent Cooks and Joe Mazumdars of the world are reputable. They're knowledgeable. Um, good group of guys. But, you know, I would absolutely check them out. Um, and, and there's lots of people in the space that, that do a really good job bringing ideas to the table. It's up to you to kind of hash those out and, again, take accountability for your profits or losses because they're going to be yours ultimately. Um but it's an exciting time, Nick. I'm excited for 2023. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, and I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I think that's that's more than enough for a week here. Sure. What do you got? Anything else? Anything you want to get off your chest? Oh, I don't believe there is. No, we talked about VRIC. We talked about the Greta. No, I don't think I have. Let me ask you about crypto real quick. Before I let you go, I, I, I mentioned up top um, that we would talk briefly on whether or not this is a DevCAD bounce. It's interesting to me that it's rallying in the face of the broader indices kind of going the other direction because the correlation has been so one-to-one almost, right? And then so, again, I'm not the crypto guy at all. That's Chris Curl's job who did a phenomenal job. You and him did a phenomenal job uh, this week on the call-in for his his service that he runs. But I'm starting to see a little bit of a divergence. Any, any, Any idea why? Do you think it's a head fake? Do you think it's sustainable? Let me tell you what Tucker Carlson said first, and which I had a good chuckle out of the book if you happen to see it. Uh, 
you remember the other week when all the flights were grounded because there was uh whatever a snafu. computer glitch yeah with the the faa computer system i saw tucker carlson had a segment talking about how um it was hijacked or it was hacked and that the um allegedly or potentially the hackers requested their uh, ransom in Bitcoin and that the rally in Bitcoin was due to the government having to buy such a large amount of Bitcoin to pay off the uh, ransom people. Uh, the fact of the matter is um, it was a there was a short squeeze. They got squeezed a, a couple of times, uh, had to come in and and cover. And then uh, the smaller accounts got really excited. So in, in the crypto world, um, you know, there's like shrimps and crabs and whales and shrimps own less than a Bitcoin, crabs <laughs> own like one to, I forget how many, 10 or 11 Bitcoin, and then, you know, whales are whales. Uh, but it was the shrimps and the crabs who were doing the buying, so they got really excited that it had come off of its lows and then were chasing it up to $21,000. Um, if you follow Keith McCullough, which I obviously do, he puts out the, the risk ranges and um hit the bottom end of that range has fallen out right it was you know a, a tighter range sort of 16 to 18 and then 16 to 20 or 21 and now the low end has not like so a, tight anymore <laughs> a, four, a 14 handle on it so the spread on that range is like 14 i think it was like 14 9 or something 14,900 to 21,000 because as volatility goes up the the, the width of the range expands and um uh, so to answer your question directly, I, I believe it's a, it's a bear market bounce and I think it turns around and, and goes back the other way as that volatility that we talked about at the top of the hour, you know, ticks up in the markets as these earnings continue to come out. And as gold shows itself to be the, the true inflation and recession hedge, um, well, that's just how I see it. And, you know, I'm on both sides. So I own long-term Bitcoin and in the safe, as we've talked about. And I'm also currently short like Bitcoin equities, for example. But, you, you know, I'm all over the place, right? Because I also told you I was buying uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to ask him. A, a company that you and I were involved with a couple of years ago that, um, you know, has a data um, facility in, in Europe that has is potentially is, is partially leased out to crypto miners and was doing a little bit of self-mining, but it had fallen on the way down to a penny. Um, and if you watch these equities, you know, when Bitcoin goes up, like it just did at 21,000, the, the, the smaller equities start catching, uh, 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 a bid. Right. And so, you know, I put it, I put an effort in for tens of thousands of shares at a, at a, at a penny and I didn't get all the way filled, but I got partially filled at the shares with three and a half cents the other day. And so, you know, a penny to three and a half cents is, is good work if you can get it in a, in a week or, or, or so. So, uh, did you get all that? I'm long and short Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Long-term bullish, short-term bearish. Sometimes it goes that way, everybody. Sometimes <laughs> it goes that way. Listen, um, still loving the comments from all of you. Go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all the updates and market commentary directly in your inbox is what I'm supposed to tell you. Shout out to Tim and Megan. And uh, that's all I got this week. Be kind to each other. Have a great week, everyone. Um, do some due diligence. There's a lot of money to be made in this cycle. Figure out who you want to make it with. Figure out which commodity you want to make it on, and uh, get to work because it's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna get any easier for the average everyday Joe and Mary out there. Unfortunately, the politicians on all sides are working overtime to make sure that that is not the case. So turn that into a profitable situation for you out there, everyone. Nick, you want to send us off? Well, uh, pro marriage tip for Valentine's Day is coming <laughs> up. Don't forget about it. Take care, y'all. Have a good one.
See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.